Chapter 12 Uncle Nico, you made it. Rosie threw herself into my arms for a hug. Here, kiddo. Happy birthday. There's a little cash in that card for you. She squealed with delight as I handed her the card, and she disappeared into the backyard where several young nieces and nephews were congregating, their feet stuck in a baby pool and their faces sucked into their cell phones. As with most Fitzhugh family get-togethers, the real party was in the kitchen, where the wine flowed and the conversation was loud. It would also be the one place where I would be called by my real first name. Niccolo, Pete called out as he handed me a water glass filled with red wine. Katie stood over a steaming pot of marinara and meatballs. Neither she nor Polly noticed me as he leaned over the sink, tearing up a head of lettuce for salad under her supervision. My sister Chrissy looked up from setting the table and smiled. Mateo's wife Denise gave me a wave with a photo in one hand, a glass of wine in the other. She probably brought the wine herself, something that would have made Ma roll her eyes and say the only non-Catholic member of the family couldn't handle the red jug wine that accompanied every meal. I leaned into the living room and waved at my brother and Arnold, Chrissy's husband, and a couple of nephews, watching the pirates on TV. The adults raised their own wine glasses, the nephews their cans of soda, calling out their own monosyllabic caveman greetings. AJ and Dora weren't there. Fortunately for all of us, they were visiting their grandchildren in Chicago that weekend. We'd hear all about it when they got back, until we were sick of it. This afternoon would be fun and family, and more fun. I circled back to the arched kitchen entrance and stopped short. Who was that leaning against the fridge and talking to Denise? Whoever she was, her peasant top was thin and a summery yellow. I could see the shadow of white bra straps beneath the cotton fabric. Her denim shorts skimmed just above her knees, but made her long, thin, olive-skinned legs look even better. Maybe I wasn't grieving as badly as I thought. Maybe Katie was right. Maybe it was time for me to start dating. Pete came over to put his hand on that shoulder, and the woman turned. She threw her head back and laughed. It was Josie. Her curly black hair, like the other day, was pinned to the top of her head. She shot a sidelong glance my way. Her big, familiar smile broke across her face when she recognized me. No, not Josie. It would be like dating Katie. Maybe I should explore this thing with Alicia. God, no, not that either. That's going to be a one-and-done kind of night. I'm going to ensure that. Niccolo, you made it. She waved me into the kitchen and we hugged. She hung on to me a second longer, long enough to whisper in my ear. I found out about the patient you were asking me about. We'll talk later. Hearing my name, Katie turned from her stove and came over to hug me as well. So, big brother, we got you away from your lair. Thank goodness. You found Josie, I see. She took my wine from me, took a big gulp and handed it back. You need more... Pete, get Nico some more wine. Some lush has been stealing it from him. Josie and I looked at each other and grinned. Katie was in full party mode, no doubt hitting the wine as soon as she'd gotten home from mass. Hey, Nico. Katie, you want cucumbers in this salad? Polly turned from the kitchen sink and waved at me again, his paring knife still in his hand. Stop hitting the wine and come help me. Little Polly, pushing 40 and still single. Maybe Ma had been right. I could see him in a priest's collar. When he wasn't teaching, 
He taught Sunday school at St. Rita's and was a lector at Mass. If he had a woman in his life, hell, if he'd had a man in his life, nobody knew about it. Maybe he has secrets, like Tommy Lynn had secrets. Nah, not Polly. Even on this, my day off, my case was still on my mind. As an adult, Sarah Pelfrey didn't want to be found. But why hadn't Chase called me back to tell me how to proceed? Everybody had their secrets, crap that kept close to their hearts, I know. I'd made a career of uncovering those secrets. Clearly, my brother wasn't one to let even his siblings in on what he did in his free time. But why didn't Sarah want to get in touch with her father? What's that about? Where did Tommy Lynn fit into all this? Denise pulled at my arm to get me to look at the photo in her hand. Look, Nico, Rachel got a puppy. It's a bulldog, isn't it, darling? I don't know how she finds time to care for a dog. She chattered on and on as I examined the photo. Cheers erupted from the living room. The pirates must have hit a home run. It was almost like old times, when Ma and Dad were alive. Dad would drop in during his Sunday shifts for pasta, hang his FPD uniform shirt on the back of the kitchen chair so it wouldn't get stained. Then later, I would be the second cop in the mix, many times eating standing up since the chairs at these meals were filled with my siblings, their spouses and babies, always more and more babies. Then, after Dad retired, I was the only cop at Sunday dinner, and he'd be sunk deep in the tattered gray recliner, a grandchild or two on his lap. Then he was gone. Now Ma was gone, too. Time was moving on. We were all a little grayer these days, but the closeness was still there. If my darling girl were here instead of laying beside them in the cemetery, it would have been perfect. Apparently, I wasn't the only one thinking that. Josie slipped next to me, sipping from her own glass of wine. You wish your folks were here to enjoy all this? And Gracie? Yeah. You're right, unfortunately. So, what did you find out about that patient? She took my arm and led me into the hallway. She did come into the ER, but not until Thursday morning. Of course, everyone on the staff was real curious. She apparently suffered a broken nose, a couple broken ribs, and some facial contusions. She said she'd been drunk and fallen, denied up one side and down the other that she'd been assaulted, so we didn't file a report, but we noted it in her chart. Barnes hadn't told me if Doc Lamberto had found those other wounds, but since it was an active investigation, he wouldn't have. Who brought her in? Another cheer erupted from the living room, keeping Josie from answering right away. She leaned close so I could hear. A woman who claimed to be the patient's roommate. The person I talked to said she looked and sounded like she was a real stoner, but she verified the patient's story. The patient was tall and leggy, almost like a basketball player, they said. She had curly black hair, really big, like pageant hair. The roommate was tiny, but kind of buxom. The person I'm looking for is a former meth addict. Looks like she really fried her brain. And she's real busty. That, that could fit. Did the roommate give her name? Staff overheard the names Lucy and Tommy Lynn. I don't know which name belonged to whom. My source for this information overheard everything from the nurse's station. She wasn't directly involved in treatment. Great. Thanks, Josie. One more thing, Nico. I need to give you a heads up about something else. Josie jerked her head toward the kitchen. Your sister is bound and determined to fix this up by tonight. 
you're kidding. Gaty's mentioned me getting out there and dating again more than once, but honestly, I'm not ready. I thought I made it clear to her. I sagged against the wall. I was still coming to grips with the conversation I'd had the night before with Alicia and what I'd hoped would be the world's worst first date on Wednesday. I wanted to do everything I could to send that temptation back into the arms of her probate lawyer. The last thing she needed was a hairy little middle-aged wop like me. I'm sure you did, but... Hey, you two. Isn't this cute? Katie came around the corner, practically beaming that she'd caught us together. Lunch is served. Come on back to the kitchen and grab a plate. Katie disappeared out the back door to round up the birthday girl and the rest of the kids. She... Josie rolled her eyes, and I smacked my forehead with my hand. Oh, jeez, Josie, I mean, don't take this wrong, but... Watch it, old man. You're going to put your foot in it if you're not careful. She held up a finger to stop me. Don't worry. I'm dating someone. I'm going to tell Katie this afternoon. I haven't told anyone about it for a long time. You remember that radiologist, I'm sure. I wanted to wait until things were a little more, well, certain, you know, with this new guy. The air rushed out of my lungs in relief. I can run a background check on him for you if you want. I might just have you do that. She winked as she sipped her wine. You never, ever know. We all served ourselves and gathered around the kitchen table, our plates heaping with food. Chrissy raised a glass and the conversation stopped. To those who can't be here, we miss them very much. After the meal, I settled in beside Mateo to watch the remainder of the Pirates game. Polly and Pete had left the kitchen behind, too, leaving Katie, Josie, and Denise to do the dishes. Somewhere in the cleanup stage, I caught a glimpse of Josie pulling Katie aside in the kitchen. My baby sister looked my way and grinned devilishly, then back to Josie. Josie's gonna dash all your matchmaking dreams, little sister. I took another gulp of wine. As I watched, Katie's shoulders sank. Then she squealed and hugged Josie. Pete looked over his shoulder. What's that about? That's Josie telling Katie she won't go out with Nico. Polly sank deep into the couch and twisted the cap off a beer. Suddenly, Polly didn't look like the priest Maud hoped for, or honestly, the effete one. Polly had been single all his life, and to our knowledge, never had a woman. I'd be lying to say that Katie, Pete, and I hadn't pondered late at night over too much wine, whether he was gay or not. If he was, he wasn't a flamer. He was just one of those guys who made sure his sex life was truly nobody's business, not like some testosterone-poisoned whore like myself. Not that it mattered. He was still my brother, and a Fitzhugh. I'd kick anybody's teeth in who called him a fairy or a queer. Any of us brothers would, even at our ages. I turned to Polly. How did you know that? There was a confidence I hadn't seen in him before, even a masculinity. Polly took another drink from his beer before answering. He didn't take his eyes off the TV. She's been planning it for a long time. I kept telling her that you weren't interested for obvious reasons, and Josie wasn't interested in you for obvious reasons either. What do you mean, obvious reasons? I leaned around Mateo to look him in the eye. I think I'm a little offended, Polly boy. Why wouldn't Josie be interested in dating me? He turned to me and grinned. Because she's dating me. 
has been for six months. The men around us cheered, slapping him on the back. Josie came out of the kitchen and slipped her arms around my brother's shoulders, kissing him on the top of the head. I settled deeper into the couch and felt, for the first time in a long time, like I'd just dodged a bullet. <laughs>